This is IGN. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. This is IGN. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever Review. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever will hit theaters on November 11th. The following is a spoiler-free review. In a cinematic universe where half of all living beings have already died and come back to life, Black Panther Wakanda Forever reminds us that losing one person can feel just as devastating. The death of T'Challa and actor Chadwick Boseman weighs heavy on Wakanda Forever, with the fictional nation struggling to replace both their monarch and their champion, and Marvel Studios deciding how to honor a man it was clearly ready to work with for years and years to come. Wakanda Forever is an effective, emotional farewell to T'Challa, a meditation on forging one's own future out of a painful past, but with a plot that has to introduce an entirely new nation and pave the way for a new wave of Marvel stories. It does struggle under the weight of all that expectation. Black Panther Wakanda Forever wastes no time addressing Bozeman's passing, with a chaotic and tense opening scene leaving Shuri, Letitia Wright, feeling responsible for her brother's death. The funeral procession that follows speaks to the incredibly fine line Wakanda Forever has to walk. Even in their mourning, there's joyous dancing and celebration of what T'Challa brought to the nation. But Shuri's solemnity as she moves through holding T'Challa's panther helmet is a strong reminder of the conflicting emotions she and the movie at large have to balance. Wright has mostly been used as comic relief up to this point, and Shuri's character arc necessitates refocusing that energy into how she processes her pain. Everyone in Shuri's life is urging her to let T'Challa go, and her tendency to lash out in those cases goes a long way towards grounding Wakanda forever during its frequent flights of fancy. It's a sharp about-face, but Wright's emotional availability and intensity carries Shuri through that fraught grieving process. Director Ryan Coogler builds Shuri's slide into despair up to one of Wakanda Forever's most jaw-dropping scenes. An unbearably tense moment of self-reflection that serves as reminder that a well-deployed exchange between two characters can be just as breathtaking as a grand battle for the fate of two nations. It doesn't take long for the power vacuum left by T'Challa's death to incite a challenge to Wakanda from the outside world, with Killmonger having destroyed the heart-shaped herb that granted T'Challa superhuman abilities, there's no new Black Panther to rally behind. And even though T'Challa's outreach program from the end of the first film remains in full effect, there's immense political pressure for Wakanda to submit to regulations the country's leadership fears will endanger the world. That ire is directed at Ramonda, Angela Bassett, who's acting as steward to the throne until T'Challa's replacement is named, and doing so in magnificent fashion. At once heartbroken and hopeful, Bassett delivers a commanding performance, and as King T'Chaka did for T'Challa, provides Shuri with a connection to her culture's past. But though the United Nations' ultimatum for Wakanda to relinquish control of its resources sets up Wakanda Forever's themes of colonialism well, this storyline is largely abandoned after the conflict draws Namor, Tenochtitlan Mehia, and his underwater kingdom of Telokan into the fray. 
As that society's figurehead, Namor is an engaging antagonist, whipping a helicopter around like a shot put in midair 30 seconds into your introduction means the audience will at least want to see what kind of havoc this guy wreaks on the battlefield. But while he's a force to be reckoned with, Tenochtitlan Mejia's performance is at its best in Namor's intense dialogue scenes with Shuri. As the two share much in common as important members of their monarchy's royal families, Kugler and co-writer Joe Robert Cole infuse Talokan's culture with Mesoamerican history, which gives Namor's resolve to go to any lengths to protect his people's home and resources a real richness. Telokan is an interesting society for the MCU to explore in the future, but Wakanda Forever doesn't establish it quite as gracefully as Black Panther did Wakanda. Outside of a few establishing shots early during our introduction to Telokan, much of our understanding of it comes from narration during a rushed flashback of its origins, and some important details during that scene feel brushed over. Kugler and team took pains last time to dive into both the political and societal structures of Wakanda, and while Telokan's past is interesting, what it's like in the present remains a bit murky throughout, especially because there are only two other named Telokani given any significant screen time. Of course, an opposing force of a nation of undersea warriors provides Wakanda forever ample opportunity for maritime mayhem and gives the MCU a new palette for action. Wakanda Forever does, however, push its luck too far going into the climactic third-act battle with a poorly conceived and logically baffling tactical choice. Still, credit where it's due when it comes to the more personal side of that encounter. Kugler definitely seems to have taken the note on the first film's digital effects-heavy final duel, and Wakanda Forever's corresponding final confrontation is much more grounded and effective. Benefiting Wakanda Forever's outsized emphasis on community, T'Challa's peers are called on to step into older sibling roles for Shuri, and the supporting cast rise to meet the moment. Danai Gurira's Okoye is willing to put her career at risk to aid Shuri's grieving process, and get some more dimension for herself, though Okoye's standout scene is an emotional exchange with Ramonda. Winston Duke's M'Baku is a scene-stealer from the moment he saunters in whilst chomping on a vegetable. T'Challa's positive influence is at its most visible in how the Jabari leader's edges have softened, as M'Baku provides Shuri with surprisingly sensitive counsel in one of her darkest moments. As T'Challa's love, Nakia, Lupita Nyong'o, ends up supporting Shuri through the most personal parts of her journey, and while she enters the story too late to make too much of an impact, she does facilitate some memorable moments in the movie's latter half. Collectively, T'Challa's friends are there to remind Shuri that life goes on, even if Shuri isn't ready to accept that at first. The other new additions to Wakanda Forever's roster represent a tendency of Wakanda Forever's to overindulge in the other ongoing plot lines the MCU is building out with Dominique Thorne's fiery, industrious Riri Williams as the best example. Riri's personality is infectious, and her appearance certainly sets an intriguing stage for Disney Plus's Ironheart series. But Wakanda forever bends over backwards and burns valuable time on keeping her involved in the action far past the point of believability. The saving grace there is that Riri gives Shuri someone to act as an older sibling or a Tony Stark for, as a means of celebrating T'Challa, something that Kugler takes maybe too light a touch in highlighting. Over the years, Namor would fight both for and against the world above, all in the name of keeping his own people safe. 
Namor has also found more love interests over the years, human Atlantean and alien. He's teamed up with the Avengers and X-Men, and also with Doctor Doom and a supervillain group called the Cabal. Riri's embedded with the main players, so she at least feels relevant, but Wakanda Forever's aimless political subplot shows its hand as being almost pure MCU housekeeping, as Everett Ross, Martin Freeman is paired with an MCU up-and-comer with plenty on their plate. That character is a huge personality, and though they bring a fun energy to scenes with Ross as he attempts to aid the Wakandans, they become more distracting and less essential as Wakanda Forever goes on. It may be the nature of making movies in this universe these days, but there's a significant disconnect between scenes in Wakanda Forever that feel vital in how they develop characters, and the ones that just feel more like homework for next time. The Verdict Black Panther Wakanda Forever had to be a sequel to a cultural juggernaut, a tease of upcoming MCU adventures, and of course, a loving farewell. There are stretches where the struggle to balance those mandates scatters the focus of the story, but nuanced and committed performances from the returning cast keep it grounded when it counts. Tenochtitlan Meriah's Namor is a strong foil to Shuri, challenging both her ideology and her grieving process, and his nation of Telokan gets a thoughtful, if rushed, history to complement the film's themes of colonialism. Director-slash-co-writer Ryan Coogler's efforts are at their most powerful when Wakanda Forever is in conversation with the loss of T'Challa, of Chadwick Boseman. The specifics of Wakanda Forever's long-winded plot will likely leave little impact, but that doesn't stop the new Black Panther from standing tall. Spoken Layer Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.